Good morning again. My name is Sam McLaughlin, and I'm the senior pastor here at Belmede. And if you're a guest in person or online, we're so glad that you're here, and we would love for you to be a part of our family. Today, we're in the fifth Sunday of Lent and the fifth Sunday of our sermon series called Made for a Miracle. We have been following miracle stories or signs or wonders in the book of John, and we have traveled through all of these conversions from emptiness to overflow, from holding on to letting go, from fear to courage, from spiritual blindness to depth of sight, and today, we travel from death to life. As you've heard, our story is about a man named Lazarus who Jesus came and raised from the dead. What you missed is the first part of this story that wasn't included in our scripture passage. And so I wanna let you know what happened before. We're told that Jesus deeply cared for Lazarus and his two sisters, Mary and Martha. We know this because in, in verse three, it says the sisters sent word to Jesus and said, the one whom you love is ill. In verse five, where it explicitly says that Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Now, when Jesus heard about Lazarus, he didn't immediately go to Judea, but he told his disciples that they would make their way there. And when he got to Judea, he found that Lazarus had been dead for four days in the tomb. Martha heard that Jesus was coming, and so she ran out to meet him, and she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And that makes sense to us, right? It's a place of bargaining and what ifs that we rehearse in our moments of grief. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. And Martha's like, yeah, Jesus, I get it. Like, I know he's gonna rise in the resurrection on the last day. But then Jesus says this, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. We're told that then Mary did the same thing as Martha. She went out to meet Jesus and she fell at his feet and she said the very same phrase, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. The text says he saw that Mary was crying, that the people who came alongside them were crying and he was deeply disturbed and troubled. And he asked, where have you laid him? Now, they replied to this question with a line that Jesus had issued to them. In the very beginning of John, Jesus is inviting people to see the kingdom and be a part of it. And he says, come and see. And so the people say that to Jesus, Lord, come and see. The text then tells us that Jesus began to cry. So even if you haven't heard this story or don't know much about scripture, you maybe heard this phrase, Jesus wept. It says he was still distressed when he came to the tomb. There was a stone covering the entrance and he said, remove it. And then Martha says this funny line about how bad it's gonna smell, right? <laughs> and I don't think she was really trying to prepare Jesus for this stench. I think she was trying to reiterate that Lazarus was really dead, had been dead for four days. And that was some sort of preparatory work of this, the miraculous nature of what was about to take place. Now, Jesus replies to her, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you will see God's glory? 
And then Jesus says with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And he comes out bound by his feet, tied by his hands and his face covered with a cloth. And Jesus turns to the crowd and says, untie him and let him go. Now for me, this exchange that takes place between Jesus and Martha clues us into understanding the theological highlight of this story. As I've just told you, Martha and Jesus go back and forth. She says, I understand he'll have eternal life. Jesus says, no, I am the resurrection and the life. And so what Jesus is saying to her is that he is not just the final resurrection, he is the life. Life, new life can be found here and now. Now we know this is his point because he brings it back up right before he raises Lazarus from the dead. Martha makes a stink about the stench, and he says, didn't I tell you, if you believe, you're going to see God's glory. So when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, he then shows Martha what he was trying to tell her. Sometimes we have to see it. It is not just resurrection into eternal life that is possible for those who believe, but resurrection in this life. I think John chapter 10, verse 10 says it even better. I came so that they could have life, so that they could live life to the fullest. One scholar, Mita Stamper, says it this way, abundant life is always ever now. Abundant life is always ever now. Now what I mean by abundant life is not living with excess. I mean what we talked about last week, living with eyes wide open seeing and perceiving the goodness and the new life that is always available to us in the present, seeing what gives us hope. Just this morning, I was uh, the only car on this long, beautiful stretch of Highway 100, and I passed this huge field with fog rolling across it, this field that I pass all the time so I know that these sunflowers are about to come out. The sky was coming to life. There was a backdrop of blue with wisps of cloud, beaming shades of purple and pink. It may sound simple, but this is so important to understand. Abundant life means you see the signs and you feel the wonders. And that allows you to keep going, to have resurrection. Sometimes in the context of that story, this story, this means we have to shake off the grave clothes caused by our own sin and shame. Sometimes that means we have to unwind ourselves from the influence of others, people who hold us back or hold us down or try to push away our dreams. Sometimes that means we have to create boundaries for mental wellness that help us to see that life and breathe it in our bones. Sometimes it means we have to be defiant against death, refusing to let death take our life away from us. This is the miracle that you were made for, life. And sometimes that means life even after death. Many people who talk about this story point out Jesus's love and care for Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and rightly so. He cried seeing Mary in tears. He was disturbed by the crowd's suffering. He came and he delivered. 
But what really caught my attention was Jesus saying to those who saw Lazarus standing there in grave clothes, you untie him and let him go. As if these people actually had a role to play in helping Lazarus come back to life. See, in Jesus's solidarity in this suffering, he not only shows us that God weeps when we weep, he reveals that God wants us to be people who untie and unbind the grip that death has on those that we love. And in this way, you are made to be a miracle in the midst of the miserable. Don't we know that Lazarus was standing there as he came out of the tomb, but it would take him months to actually come back to life. He would process how this illness robbed him. It would take him months to understand that he was actually dead. You know what it's like to stand in the wake of death and try to live again. There are people in our circles, they've had near-death experiences, and they're processing them and trying to live. How can we help bring them back to life? There are people in our circles anticipating death or sitting in its wake, trying to pick up the pieces and make the next right step. There are people who know what death takes from you, joy, time, energy, the future. People who are walking around with their brains attending to death and know how hard it is to separate from it, how it went, how it's going to go, what is left to deal with when it happens. There are people struggling to survive, getting lost in the dark void that death creates, people fighting not to give in to death's molecular binding. How can we help bring them back to life? There are people in our circles who need help loosening the chains of something that isn't death, but feels like death. How can we help bring them back to life? Now, the flip side of this, the other side, is allowing people to help bring us back to life. We need help removing each death-dealing strip of cloth that keeps us isolated or alone, or afraid or apathetic or angry. Sometimes I think it's helpful to us, um, for us to imagine our grief is like this cup that we have to bear, right? Jesus talks about this cup of suffering that he's gonna drink when he goes to the garden and how difficult that is. At times we think we have to carry around, we have to tote this water ourselves. We have to be completely self-reliant. And sure, there's a piece of this that only us, only me, only I can navigate. But even Jesus, with his cup of suffering, was not alone. Throughout his death narrative, people came alongside him, literally gave him water. And we have people willing to come and clasp their hands around ours and hold up and bear this suffering with us. Sometimes, we think we can't put this suffering down. Like it must stay with us and follow us around. Like we literally walk around sipping it, taking it in. We think we're not allowed to put it down and enjoy life. But we have permission to put this grief down, to allow ourselves to live, to laugh, 
to have fun, to find that abundant new life. I think part of the challenge is that we would prefer to keep it together or appear together or to not touch anything for fear of our entire life unraveling. Like if I start to talk about it, I'll never stop. But coming undone isn't really optional, not if we want the fullness of life in this life. My favorite verse in the Bible, Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. In Isaiah 61, it says that Jesus is gonna come to bind the brokenhearted. And so when you think about this image of unbinding Lazarus, naturally the next one is that he's gonna be bound back up with life. And so there is an undoing that has to happen before our broken hearts and crushed spirits can be put back together. We have to unspool ourselves from our ailments. We have to look at what hurts and figure out why. We have to process our emotions in a safe environment. We have to find these narratives that we can live with. It makes me think about uh, one of those Russian doll toys. Do y'all remember those Russian doll toys where you have like a, a large wooden doll and then you open the lid and there's another one that's just a tad smaller but looks exactly the same. And then you open that lid and there's another one and then another and another and another and you have this you know, line of seven dolls from largest to smallest. True healing, finding true new life is like moving from one doll to the next. Like you have to keep shedding, taking off what binds you until you get to the smallest doll. And that smallest doll, it's not this small version of yourself where you have nothing left. It's actually the most true version of yourself. It's who you are at your core. It's who you are after shedding and wading through the baggage, stress, worry, shame, trauma, heartache that you've experienced in this life. What I'm saying is if we want life, we have to shed death. We have to untangle ourselves from its grip. But that isn't something that we have to do alone. You know, this story concludes with Jesus shouting in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And I've wondered with what tone was that said? You know, I hear it a certain way, but maybe it was said with compassion, right? We need people in our lives to compassionately say to us, come out, stand up, I've got you, I'm gonna bear this cup with you. Or maybe Jesus said it as like a little kick in the behind, you know? At times we need people to snap us out of it and say, come out, stand up, get moving, your life isn't over. Or maybe it was said with authority and conviction like the way that Jesus shouted at the demons to leave a person. Lazarus, come out, stand up. Death did not win and will never win, not in the next life and not in this one. And I think that is something that we need to hear over and over. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Whoever believes in me will live. 
when they die and here and now. And that means death did not win and will never win, not in the next life and not in this life. You are alive. You survived what you went through. Come out, stand up. You were made for the miracle of life. Thanks be to God. Amen.